Welcome to Two Pros in a Pod, the only football podcast by current professional footballers. I'm Kate Hamer, not one of the footballers, but the voice of the fans in this show, and I'm joined by pro players Marcus Bean and Hogan Ephraim. Each week we give you a different perspective on the football news from behind the scenes in the industry, although more is the case that each episode we apologise for not doing this each week. Uh, I can't even remember when we last did a podcast, can either of you? No, I have no idea whatsoever. <laughs> so apologies if we have any loyal listeners left that we haven't done a podcast for a while. This was intended to be a season wrap up, although as we've just been discussing what we're going to discuss, we are thinking we might do a further season wrap up mid-June, but uh, this will keep you going for a while. So how are you doing, Beanie? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Um, just enjoying uh, the off season, um, keeping myself busy. But yeah, it's n- nice to finish the season on a high. Um, yeah, as, as you know, we we managed to stave off rele- relegation. Uh, did you get any awards in your end of season awards or anything? No, I didn't this year. Um, Not it, best the... goal this time. Is that no, what you won I... last season? Yeah, I won best goal last season. My my only goal of the season this time come off my my head, knee, shin, toe and went in. So definitely won that award. Uh, now nah, shout out to the boys that did. Uh, um, players players player was Curtis Thompson, who was very good in the heart of midfield for us. And um, uh, Jason McCarthy won a fans player of the year. So yeah, the two well deserved winners. Okay, and you have uh, parted company with Wickham now. Yeah, it was a, it's a, it's a shame, but all good things must come to an end. I had a great time there. I've got nothing but the utmost respect for the fans who are, as Hogan will tell you, are, are real welcoming and been great with my family. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a great period in my my career and the five year plan that was set out when I just before I arrived, um, we we managed to fulfil, which was getting promoted to League One and uh, staying there, which the club hasn't done for a good number of years. So. Yeah, ended on a high. Good, and what's next? Good question. I'm just weighing up a few options. Um, Playing-wise, from different clubs that have um, made, you know, made put the feelers out for me and, and also just looking at a few maybe non-playing uh, options as well. So we'll see what happens, see what the future holds. I'm, I'm all, all, all cards on the table and, yeah, hopefully get something sorted um, not too distant future. Cool. Hi Hoves, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I've uh, heard that you've been playing some football and have blisters. <laughs> yeah, and no, I went and played a game um, down at QPR last week just for the owner against one of the other board members. It was just friends against friends. But after not putting boots on for, since that game last year, the feet were in a bit of trouble, to be honest. So... It was tough work. I don't know. You poor sensitive little feet. <laughs> you chop anyone. You chop anyone. Yeah, I was on fire to be fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was good to be back out there. Nice to see some old teammates as well and play with them. So, yeah, that no, was a good day. Uh, I like that every year to be fair. And what have you got planned over the summer? Oh, the summer. There's no plans set in stone yet. Um, there's a stag do coming up, which. I don't need to speak too much about, <laughs> and then, and then after that, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet which other holidays I'll do. I haven't got anything booked, but I'm sure nearer the time I'll get round to it. So once again, here we are in the summer where you both have a break, and I just keep working. You've been going all around the world working this year. Yeah, but it's still working. You love it. You love it. I'm quite <laughs> looking forward to uh, England, Scotland in the Women's World Cup in Nice at the start of June, actually. That'll be quite good. Yeah. That's a nice destination for football, isn't it? South of France. It's South of France, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's nice. Let's uh, let's get catching up. I feel like we need one of those previously on Two Pros in a Pod. Um, <laughs> what did you think about how uh, the season ended? Are you totally gutted, Beanie? I am, but obviously I'm also tremendously proud. Um, you finish a season with 97 points. You win the league every time, um, barring this year. So I think what Klopp's done is is 
an amazing, an amazing, an amazing achievement. You just come up against the best team the Premier League's ever seen, and, and the best manager, in my opinion, in Pep Guardiola. So, a bit of a bit of disappointment, but looking forward to next season. And with one or two additions, I think we can we can maybe take that title off uh, off Pep. And of course, you still might win the Champions League. Yeah. Um, now I would be devastated if we we come away from this season, ninety seven points, Champions League final, come away with nothing. Uh, that would that would hurt me. So I'm very nervous about that game. I I would have preferred to play against Ajax. I think styles make games. I said that before in this podcast, and I think our style against Ajax is almost a little bit bit of naivety and um, weakness. I think we might run all over them and I think that would have been a game that suited us. I think Spurs, the Pochettino, tact- tactical, uh, Naus, they've played against us many a times. I'm actually a little bit worried. I'm not worried, but I'm apprehensive, should I say. And uh, how do you feel about your team's performance, Hogan? It's been a bad season from start to end, really. Um, I don't think I don't think any of the players covered themselves in glory. Um it was kind of fitting how the way it petered out, to be honest, because they had a couple of months just after Christmas where they probably gave people a, a bit of false hope and a false dawn and the players were never as good as the results suggested. So, yeah, got what got what we deserved, really, at the end of the season and there's a, there's a massive job to do. Are you a bit, I would say, angry or upset or disappointed that they gave Ollie the job when they did, when they could have easily have waited until the end of the season. To me, it just strikes me as a as a club who's very reactionary. Um, obviously, that that appointment for me at the time, I said it as well, it was done on emotion. You know, after that PSG game, rather than thinking about things clearly. Well, you know, my thoughts. I, I would never have changed mid-season anyway. Once they did, I think that I don't know. Maybe they had to make an appointment. They're in contract talks with numerous players who are out of contract either this summer or next summer. So maybe they wanted to know who the manager was going to be. If they had their eyes on another manager, whether it be Pochettino or whoever, maybe they already ruled themselves out of the job. So I can kind of understand in a way. But I, I just thought the, the original appointment, it didn't have to be done in December when it was. So Yeah. And and obviously today, breaking news of well, I say breaking news is that Allegri is left is leaving Man uh, sorry Juventus at the end of the season. So yeah, but name now comes he, into the hat, you know yeah go. On. He, he's not someone I would have I would have wanted anyway. Um, my my thing when Mourinho was manager, no matter who's manager of any club, to be honest, if there's someone better, I would always hire him. The same with players. No matter if a player scores thirty goals in a season, if there was a better striker out there, I'd go and get him. So. I always think should upgrade, but Pochettino was the only one I really saw as an upgrade with that team. So Allegri wouldn't come into it for me. Yeah, he's done well at Juventus, but it's a one-team league, if we're being honest. He's a very defensive manager. So all I keep hearing about Man United is getting back to the Man United way, whichever, whatever that is. So he's not someone I would have been looking at. Do you think they'll get enough people in over the summer to sort it out? I don't know whether to sort it out because I think that's too many players. They need about they need to change 12, 15 players of that squad, I'd, I'd say. But they'll have to get a lot out. If you, could, if you can bring in the top, top players and, and the right players at the right time, then three could even be enough. But when you're looking at it, there's sorry, so sorry, sorry, much. Sorry, when you say three, enough to do what? Top four? Or you mean like a challenge for the title? I don't think... They're not uh, They're not far off being the third best team in the country. They finished six points off third. They, they sacked the manager during the season. They've had relegation form at the end of the season. Relegation form probably at the start of the season yeah. or near enough. So they're, they're not far off being the third best team anyway. I so agree I with think, Yes, I think if they got three players in, they could close the gap a bit. And they're not going to close the gap considerably. You're not going to close 32 points overnight. So there's a lot of work to be done. But every it's weird. Every time I watch Man United, this 
I come up with a different conclusion. At one minute, I think they need pace. Next minute, I think they need legs. The next minute, I think they need some players that are technical with the ball. The, the next minute, I think they just need players who care. Just every game is it's weird. So it's, it's interesting. One of the I done a I went uh, for an interview for um, a course, a masters in um, sports directorship, and in the interview, he asked me um, how long do you how far do you see um, Man United before they start challenging and winning the champ the league again? And I said I said six years. So that's what's that? Uh, that is twelve windows. Yeah, and he he thinks it would be a lot more. Uh, the course, the head of the course, he thinks about probably about ten years. Um, that's how far they're off about. Yeah, and I, 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 I think six. I think six to actually challenge for the title. The reason being, you've got so many players on large contracts and big money. You've got to get them all out because obviously Man United's a business. They're not going to just sign three massive players on massive wages while having a wage bill that is astronomical yeah. as, as it is. So that, that's the biggest problem is shipping the players out and bringing players in. And we all know how, as footballers, how hard is it well, as to get players out of a club if they don't want to leave and they're on yeah, good that, money. That, that's going to be the hard thing for them this summer. But yeah. I, I always think things look a lot further away than what they are. I, I honestly believe that. I think when when Chelsea first got Mourinho and they started winning the league back to back, even then people were saying Man United were five, six, seven years away. And then the next thing you know, Man United won three, three in a row and they won the Champions League in that time, been in three Champions League finals in four years so I, I never think things are that bad I just think at the minute you have one team at the top I think we said this at the start of the season on the podcast it doesn't matter to me how much everyone else improves unless Man City fall off no one's going to beat them Man City fell off this year and people still couldn't beat them so you call that falling off? nah <laughs> that's not enough they lost well, four games they had less points than last year so they fell off uh-huh. they weren't as good as last year in terms of the Man United, that's, that's the reality. Who, who do you keep at Man United? I'm 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 gonna go as far as saying I. I don't I don't I, I've said this before and I've been shot that I think it was you maybe streaming down about I don't rate anybody there and I, that's not God's like at that level at a challenging for the title level. What do you mean? Keep I, at the club or keep in the lineup? In the in your starting no yeah they're two different things. You're right. Starting lineup if you're trying to win the the, the, the Premier League. Um, De Gea would start. Other yeah. than that, you're struggling. Yeah, you're struggling. You're but struggling. do you not think that there's quite an attitude thing that if they could crack that, maybe the players no. that they've got on... They're, hey, I they're just not so. good enough. I think they're just not good enough. I, I believe they're not good enough, but I believe that they could definitely they could yeah. definitely be way better than what they are. Yeah. 100% agree with that. But I with, think... I remember my, my question was to challenge for the title because at the end of the day, that's all Man United as a football club want to do finishing third is not an option for Man United because they want to try. it depends we, we say challenge for the title so who would you keep alright De Gea you'd keep but then there's yeah. other players where if you had superstars around them you could carry them people yeah. say like in the Man City team Zinchenko's played most of the games at left back Zinchenko you wouldn't say is a left back for a Premier League winning team but because well, he, he has fantastic he players around him Zinchenko I wouldn't no, say that. that but maybe maybe they, they brought that best out of it, but just me watching him He's better than he looks as good as Mendy to me. Well, that's what I, was no say, I don't think it's necessarily no carrying more than bringing the best out of them, like you're saying, Beanie. I don't think, like, surely if you've got better players around them, that inspires them to try harder and have a better attitude and stuff rather than the, the, no, but they have less to they have less to do anyway. Well, I guess. Yeah, you, you, you look at Matip, for example. Matip two years ago, or even a year ago, was a, was a laughing yeah. stock in the Premier League. Now, when his team has sixty percent of the ball, his team can goes to the new camp and has more possession than Barcelona. So he, he isn't defending. Mm. So if you're in a team where you're not going to get exposed, that's how I mean when I say carry So what players, what players, okay, okay, I understand your point. What, what, what players would you say then, with the better players around them, they could do a job in your starting eleven then? Possibly Luke Shaw, possibly <sighs> Lindelof, yeah, and then you're not looking at much else. Maybe Rashford. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. I listen. I, I, I agree with you. Clutching. Like, I mean, we're yeah, yeah, you're clutching massively. You're clutching. That's what I'm saying. It's a six-year job, mate. Honestly, what? I honestly believe that. Yeah. In terms of in the dressing room and stuff, so um, I think it was after the Man City game 
where Rashford was interviewed on Sky and was like, oh, no, you know, we'd never, like, call each other out and stuff. And obviously you need to in the dressing room. Like, it's no good to not actually be putting the blame on each other and having a go if people aren't pulling their weight and stuff. And it seems like they're too, like, quiet and stuff in there. But then you look at the combination of Ollie and Carrick and I can't see how that's going to help that. Do you think that needs a shake-up in terms of the number two and... I think ability-wise, Pogba is the best player on that team by far. I don't think that's, that's in question. Yeah. I think just the impression I get, I don't know the guy, I get the impression his attitude is a disgrace. Um, I get the impression he has a massive influence over the, the well, all of the players because none of them, I don't think, are big enough to hold their own. So they need to sort that out straight away. So Rashford needs to come out and stop talking because Rashford... The first six weeks under Oli, I thought he was the best player in the Premier League, Rashford. Since then. <laughs> that was a statement you made, but and I, he's never thought oh, I can't get rid of him. No, for, that for was those a bad six, statement. Yeah, the, sta- the statement was for those six weeks, he was the best in the league. And if he could continue like that, he'd be unreal. But it was he's the same not, thing when I said when they were winning the games, if they can continue. He's just but, not the levels, bro. I've said this. He's a good yeah, but player. Now, That's it. He's not, not level. From the start, no, I've now, said this. Now is the worst that he's ever been. So this is worse than when he was 18, 19. So I don't get how people came out and said Mourinho was ruining his development. He's clearly shown over a course of time now, playing up front, he cannot do it. When Mourinho said that, he was criticised. When Mourinho didn't play him, he was criticised. The guy has shown he's not good enough right now. So he needs to come out and stop talking. He, he looks, the last month to two months, his attitude has been a million miles away from what it's supposed to be. He has his brother, who's his agent, putting stories out every two minutes about Barcelona or Real Madrid. I don't know what he's going to go and do at Barcelona or Real Madrid. Yeah. So yeah. I just think the attitude is completely wrong. And I look at Pogba and it always worries me if I see any big player like this. You're the main player in a team. He's 26 years of age. He's won a World Cup. He hangs around with all the kids. I don't really understand that. I normally, you normally associate the big star player. They're with the older pros and they'll mix with the kids. Of course they will. But they're setting the example. Pogba looks like he's one of the kids. Him and Jesse Lingard at 26 coming on 27, they shouldn't be having all this jokes and fun with Rashford, with Pereira. It's too kiddish and too playgroundish for me. Can we just and I think Because I think Pogba's been taking a lot of stick, but he's been he deserves a lot of stick. No, no, but let me forget what my point. And I agree, he deserves some stick. But he's been by far Man United's best player this season. I don't and agree he, with that. So who's been better than him? And I'm not saying he's Her- been... I don't, give me, I don't rate him. And I'm, I'm not saying... Let me tell you phrase that. I do rate him. But I'm not saying that he's been set the world alight. But he's just been your best player. I think Herrera was better than Pogba. I think De Gea, even though De Gea is probably worst season for five or six years, it's still, I think he's still been better than Pogba. Explain to I, me how Herrera's been better than Pogba when Pogba's got, got how many goals and assists. The goals just, they, they pay for other stuff for me. One's an attacking midfielder, the other one's doing all the dirty work. I think if you yeah. look at Man United, Man United's win percentage with and without Herrera, and then their win percentage with or without Pogba, they miss Herrera more. Okay, Man, so, Man, Man United's best moment of the season, Pogba wasn't even involved in. He got himself sent off against Paris, missed the second leg. Okay, so it, it, I'm not going to argue with you because they're two different roles. I believe it, Pogba, that, but going past that, there's no one else really. But yet your fans are. I think Pogba's been on the same level as a lot of them. The same level as a Rashford and so on. I don't think he's been better. He hasn't been much worse. I think the, what a lot of the fans will be mad about is one, he's came in as the most expensive signing of the, of the mm. club's history. He'll mm. be on the most money other than Sanchez. Mm. But he just doesn't look like he wants to be there. And then when you make statement after statement, if, you, if you'd if you been away for however long and you came back and just looked on Twitter, you wouldn't know which team Pogba's at. All, all he talks about is Adidas in France. There's nothing about Man United, so he doesn't want to be there. If he doesn't want to be there, leave. 100%. And, I, and, and my thing with Pogba is I still think he's been your best player, but I think, as you said, there's something more going on, a bit of toxicity, toxicity, toxicity um, around him. And I think for the good of the team and the good of the club, he might be best if he moves on. But the problem I'm is, where does he move very, on to? When your best player is getting forced out of a club, that for me, that's, it's always a little bit worrying. And, and, fans, and fans are forcing him out of the club. I, saw, I saw Patrice, Patrice Evers interview with Gary Neville the other day. 
Yeah. And he's obviously a close friend of Pogba. All he talks about is, yeah, but it's his agent saying it, not him. It was his agent that made him leave Man United, not him. The guy's 26 years of age. His agent works for him. Uh-huh. Tell your agent to shut up and you do what you want to do. What, was Everett saying that in the interview? Yeah. Surely I mean, Gary, that's inappropriate to say in an interview anyway. Well, this is the thing. So you're, you're, he's a 26-year-old man. He can't make his own decisions. I don't get where he's going to go. There's talk of Real Madrid. I can't see Real Madrid paying 150, 160 million for him. I, I agree with a lot of everyone ever, ever saying no. But all these United fans need to keep the same energy they give with Paul Pogba to the Rashfords. He's got more. He's their top goal scorer. Yeah, but, more no, goals than yeah, yeah, so I think like any club, it, this can be at Man United. This could be Macclesfield. If you're giving your all and you're not good enough, the fans can kind of accept it. Yeah, they're going to want you to get replaced at some stage, but they're not going to give you untold stick. Pogba mm. doesn't, he doesn't give his all. So if you're not giving your all, then you have to be unbelievable each week. It, like, you, you look at Messi, for example, right? And obviously it's unfair to just pick him because he's the best there is. But mm. he, he doesn't go running around giving his all. Mm. But, but when he gets the ball, he makes the difference. So if Popper's just going to walk around how he wants to be, go and make the difference. <laughs> That's a big point. He is in a port in a he's mid- not, well, he's a not. seventh team. No, what's he got? Six goals from open play. So take the penalties away. He's got eleven. He's got eleven yeah, assists. I, I understand that, but take the penalties away. Give them to Rashford. So then Rashford suddenly finishes the season on six. Rashford can't score. That, can't score from uh, from nine yards without with, 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 a, with a keeper, let alone with a penalty. <laughs> he, he, he took the most pressurised penalty in Man United's season away at Paris in the night. Okay, I agree with you. Penalties, I, I, I don't like counting penalties. Yeah, so, so I, I don't, I don't so. understand because we had the same conversation after the World Cup. You was telling me all the Harry, goal, uh, Harry Kane's goals were penalties. No, I agree. So I agree. How I, about agree. I agree. I agree. Take out the penalties, but he still got. He's still been involved in seventeen goals this season. If you take he out the penalties, and assists, eleven goals and six assists, which isn't bad from centre midfield. It's not bad from centre midfield. But a lot of the assists, I, I don't always count anyway. So you look at against Cardiff, for example, Solskjaer's first game. He passes the ball to Herrera, who shoots from 30 yards into the top corner. Is that an assist? So the assist can kind of cover up a lot of things. We had this when Ozil was doing 19 assists or whatever it was a season. A load of them were corners. We don't always like go to the law, uh, yes, there's 11 assists. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I don't, I don't buy into all that. But Pogba... If you're giving your all and you're not good enough, United fans will put up with it. There's been players nowhere near his level. Players like Jason Park, players like Tevez even. Tevez is nowhere near Pogba's ability. But the fans will deal with it because you look like you want to be there and you're making an effort. Mm. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. He talks like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world. He walks around like we've just had the best season of all time. Mm. And yeah, other people do deserve stick 100%. But a lot of the sticks aimed at wrong players anyway. People, they give Ashley Young stick. Ashley Young signed as a left winger. He's playing right back at 34 years of age. Why mm. the hell? I agree 100%, yeah. So, so I think Pogba needs to, he, he has to look at himself. Because first of all, it was Mourinho weren't getting the best out of him. Well, actually, when Mourinho first come, first of all, he was played in the wrong position. You need to sign a midfielder for him. So they signed Matic for him. Then it was like, oh, they need another midfielder. So they signed Fred for him. Then mm. they got rid of Mourinho, brought Solskjaer in. They said, oh, now he's back. Now he's not performing. Suddenly, all the other players are useless. So everything has to... You need to get 11 players to suit what he wants to do. He's not good enough yeah. to do that. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I think, I think we're both on a similar pages. I'm just saying that as fans, Man United fans want, need to keep the same energy for everybody who's underperformed this season. That's what I'm but saying. Sure, Lindelof, Rashford, Martial. I think on the whole they do, and it's not just fans because you've got to look at the players, right? So the players, they done their players' players uh, of the season. They voted Luke Shaw. None of them voted Pop. Well, I don't know about none of them. I'm sure there was some votes, but he he won the award. Mm. So that, that should tell Pogba about himself anyway, that your teammates think Luke Shaw, who is part of a back four that have conceded the most goals in Premier League history for Man United, was better than you. Mm. And Luke Shaw, for me, he's not had a good season. He's been, he's been OK. Mm. So, so all he has to do... He can't yeah. get an England squad, yeah. So he has to show more effort. You've you got boys that... I won't pick the Liverpool midfielders because as, as much of as uh, the three are massive workhorses... Ability-wise, I wouldn't say they're better than Pogba, but the Man City boys, De Bruyne, David Silva, Bernardo Silva, they work 10 times harder than him. And they're all yeah. way better than him. 100%. Yeah, he, could, he couldn't live in that company. 
Mm. When he mm. when he steps on the field against De Bruyne, David Silva, he looks lost. He just looks like a giant with people playing around him. So he mm. has to put in some sort of effort. So what do you think then? Man United cut their losses and, and, and sell him? And when I say that, you're not going to get 150 million for him, but maybe you sell him on for the spot you paid for him. You know, 100 million, I don't know what it was you paid. Uh, Would you yeah, take I that? No, they, they wouldn't let him go for 100. They won't let him go. Why though? He's, he, that's what I understand. He, he, you have to. He hasn't done enough to warrant any more than you paid for him. No, he has. Sure. In that time, in that time, he's won he's won what three trophies. In that time, he um. The, the, infla- the inflation's gone up. You've seen people like Usman Dembele have a good year at Dortmund and go for more than hundred. So it's impossible that he could go for hundred million. And then no one can buy him, surely. Well, this is what I'm saying. I, I can't see how he moves. Only one club Maybe Adidas him. could just buy him and put him in their shop. <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't see how he moves. When you look into how much his agent would want, um, they're saying he would, he'd want to be the highest earner at Real Madrid, which is crazy to me. But the only way maybe is if you've done swap deals and stuff like that. But that's very, very rare in football. Swap, swap with Coutinho. Yeah, yeah. If you've done something like that, or they say Varane wants out of Real Madrid, I don't know if Varane would even be interested in going to Man United. To be honest, but there's a lot wrong, and I don't know. You, you saw the video, the Martial warming up video. That, that's mm-hmm. not that's not a normal club. I'm telling you that now. Yeah. So, so they, back they to my got... original question that you both ignored and went off on your Pogba rant. In terms sure. of the combination of Ollie and Carrick. Do you think that can keep going or do they need a tougher cookie in there as well? Because Ollie seems very smiley, which could work in terms of maybe people feel more obliged to deliver for him because he was part of the great Fergie era and all that. But how long does that keep going for? I think I think management styles is just how you manage. I, I, I think when you've got a room full of winners, a dressing room full of winners, they police it themselves. It's as simple as that. So... The manager's there and, and, you know, like Arsene Wenger seems like a quiet leadership and that's how he likes to manage. And there's, there's loads of other examples of managers that are quiet leaders and they don't rant and rave. But the top teams, they just don't accept. They have standards and they just don't ha- accept it. And that's the same for every team that I've played in that's been successful. In the dressing room, between us, we just have high standards and we, we make sure every day in training, everyone sticks to it. If someone drops below the line, yeah. Certain places where people would chip, would chirp up, and you just don't want to drop down like you don't want to upset, you don't want to, you know, disrespect your teammates. But that's and, where it sounds like they're far more a set of individuals than they are a team. Well, the, yeah, I wouldn't say the problem lies with Solskjaer and Carrick. I just think I mean, the, no, the, the, the history that they've got in the game, they're going to be tough guys. They, the the players that they share the change room with, the trophies they've won, the managers they've worked under, they're, they're going to be very, very tough guys. Mm. I think the problem is already set in stone. It's one of the main reasons I didn't want Mourinho to go. The minute you've sacked Mourinho, you've gave the players a go-ahead. So now they, they know, if they if they bomb it off under Solskjaer, he's gone. There's a lot of players in that change room, I believe, I don't know, but I believe we'll have a direct number to the chief executive. Mm. That should never be right. I've said mm. it plenty of times on here. No no player should be talking to anyone that's above the manager. Yeah. And I believe there'll be players with direct contact. So it's not right. If you can sack Mourinho mid-season, you've basically told these players, you've got the free reign. When you're not happy, throw your toys out the pram or make a change. Yeah. It, should, right, it, should, could, it shouldn't happen. We could end up talking about Man United for the whole podcast, and we often do. So let's not. Let's talk about the bottom of the Premier League. Were you with the three that went down? Who you thought were going to go down? Were you surprised by any? Brighton obviously managed to stay. Start of the season, they wouldn't have been my three to go down. Um, I would have had Huddersfield and Cardiff going down. And I was always struggling. Uh, I was thinking Brighton and Newcastle would be down there, but ended up Fulham. I think Fulham been a massive disappointment with the money that they've spent. Um, I d- don't understand what they were thinking when they were signing nobody 28 or above. So they ended up signing Ryan Babel in January, who was 32, and he, he was their best player of the season. So I think they made a mistake there. But, yeah, looking at that bottom half of the table, it could it could be any of them. It really could. I don't think the the bottom six, seven teams would have expected to have a much better season, if I'm honest. With Cardiff, I thought they gave it a right go. They're ones that I thought would have been relegated with you know five, six games to go and they yeah. gave it a right go. So hats off to Neil Warnock. I think that was his best go at it in the Premier League and 
um, yeah, for, for the for the amount of money they spent, they, they they definitely almost they they finished where they were meant to, but they definitely they overachieved a little bit as well. So then, when we look at who got promoted from the championship, it pains me slightly uh, <laughs> to talk about this. Um, obviously, we still don't know out of Derby and Aston Villa, but um, what did you think of Norwich and uh, the Blades? Again, start of the season, neither of them would have been anywhere near my thinking, to be honest. Um, but they've both been unbelievable. They've the Leeds set the pace, they kept up with the pace, and when the business thing came, they kept going, and fair play to them. I'm not sure, obviously I don't know what they're going to spend, but I'm not sure either of those two teams will make any big waves in the Premier League. So it will be a season of um, fighting for survival, but all the best to them. Who do you think is going to go out of Derby and Villa? I want Derby, but I think Villa. I've got a sneaky feeling Derby are going to do it for some reason. Um, obviously, Villa are favourites, but no, I, I think <clears throat> I think Derby might do it. I feel like Villa belong more in the Premier League than Derby do. Yeah, they're the bigger club, but listen, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Sure. And then at the uh, bottom of the championship, we lost another local derby, a Sheffield Wednesday with Rotherham, but um, Bolton and Ipswich as well. Any surprises there? QPR, we know we've got quite a lot of QPR listeners, obviously, uh, weren't far off the relegation zone. Yeah, it ended up being good for QPR that they just that they managed to stay up because it looked like for a while, the back end of McLaren's run and when, Eus- when Eustace first took over, it looked like they'd be sucked into it. So they done well to stay up. Um, Ipswich and Bolton have both been poor, not not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. What's been going on is, is a disgrace, uh, especially at Bolton. Um, so those two are down. Rotherham gave it a good fight. They've been fighting above their means, if we're being honest, and they were just unlucky to miss out in the end. Yeah, I'd love to anyone, anyone if they can try and listen to um, Warren's interview, the Rotherham manager. That was proper emotional, man. Like if you can get get up on Twitter, I advise you just listen to it because. That's a man that cares about his players right there. And I think he's been through a hard time himself personally. And that, yeah, the emotions came out. What do you make of that, Hogs, by the way, uh, Bolton? As a player, how do you feel about not playing a fixture um, because you haven't been paid? What's, what, how's your thoughts? Your thoughts? Um, when I first saw it, I thought that's poor from them. But then I fully understand. How long have they not been paid? Two months? Yeah, I think it might even be longer than that, is it? Yeah, so if it's longer than that, then I wouldn't be turning up. It's that simple. I know it might be bad on the fans and whatnot, and I understand all of that. But you're there to do a job, and if these players aren't being paid for months on end, then that's just ridiculous. And I think there has to be better guidelines from the FA which sorts this sort of stuff out, because that can't be happening at especially at championship level. It'd be bad enough if it was happening at League Two level, but championship, it's in the top 10 best leagues in the world. Probably in the top five most attended leagues in the world, so that should not be happening that level. Yeah, I agree. I think when it gets to probably, for me, probably the three-month mark is the is, is the cut-off number where I'll be like, nah, this is, this is you know, people have got mortgage to pay. And I think a lot of fans say, OK, well, but they, they they've got so much money etc but people don't know what your personal financial well also I don't uh, think you probably are on big salaries at Bolton in the first place are you you'd you be on a, you're on a decent lot salaries you're there. good money mate compared to the rest of the, of the country you're you know you're on the top I'm, of the 1% for sure well, uh, you'd be on like 5 grand a week 10 grand a week start of the season I know someone who was offered 15 grand a week at Bolton oh. there you go Listen, either way, you're, you're gone, Hoax. Yeah, you, you can offer people what you want when you ain't got the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they may as well offer them 60. They weren't going to pay them anyway. True. That's true. Either way, they're on, in a, on the top 1% band in the country and people see it as, OK, why why can't they just go another month and without getting paid, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, people don't know your personal finances. People got mortgage a day, pays investments, and three months is a long time without getting your mm. wage. And I think anyone in any job other than football would 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 walk away from from a job and then you know if, if that was the case so yeah i i i i i back them in the end yeah 
And what do you think about Luton making it into the championship? I didn't realise how many Luton fans I knew until that happened and I saw loads of people <laughs> tweeting about it. Luton's a big club. Uh, big club. Great atmosphere down there, Kenilworth, Kenilworth Road. Um, but it's a long old time that it's taken them to like work their way back, isn't it? Yeah, I remember my mate used to play for Langley, Richard Langley used to play for them when they were in the championship and it's taken them a while to get back there, but when I say they're, they're head and shoulders the best team in that league, um, they made a little dip at the end and I didn't think they were going to make it across the line, um, but they've done it in the end. I think a lot of the hard work was done by the manager previously. My mind's going to go blank now. This is terrible. Um, gone to Stoke now. Um, he put in the hard graft, got them playing some really attractive football and yeah, hats off to them. They, did, they fully deserved that, that, that league title. And I think I think I think they'll, they'll um, surprise a few teams next year as well. With a little bit, a couple of players, bring a couple of players in. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they yeah pull up some trees in the in the championship, a bit like Sheffield United did. Have. Yeah, well, hopefully Sheffield United will be straight back down. Maybe we'll pass them on the way. <laughs> 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 right, we got the FA Cup final tomorrow. I'm uh, cheering Watford all the way, obs, because I uh, just don't ever want Man City to win anything. Uh, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen there? You'd be surprised if Man City didn't walk away with that. Um, yeah. Watford haven't really got the tools to hurt City, and yeah, they'll just be penned back the whole game, and you can't see City not scoring a goal or two. So it should be a comfortable win. Okay. Well, I'm still going to optimistically uh, hope that Watford do something. And then looking ahead to the European All-English finals, what do you think? So you've already said, obviously, Beanie, you're a bit worried about uh, Liverpool Spurs. We beat them twice this season, yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's just it's just a it's a Premier League game at the end of the day. Like people say, it's a it's a Champions League final, but it's a Premier League game and two teams that know each other well. They gave us problems second half at our place. We we struggled to get over the line against them. Um, it could be Poch's last game, possibly. I've seen links for Juventus. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot going in their favour. I, I still think we're clearly favourites. If we if both teams turn up, we win. I think it's as simple as that. But yeah, listen, we we, we as again as I said, it'd be just devastating not to win win a trophy this season. Yeah, I, th- I think Liverpool are definitely favourites. I think Firmino will be back fit, I'm sure. They'll have their best team at um, their favourites, but I I pick City to... Uh, sorry, I picked Spurs to win it from the quarter-final when they got drawn against City, so I'm going to stick with Spurs. Okay. I just think that side of the draw was nice to them. I fancy them to beat City over two legs. I, I thought that they'd look after Juventus or Ajax. And I obviously assumed they'd play Liverpool in the final. I didn't see anyone on Liverpool's side of the draw giving them any problems. So I think Spurs will do it. And what do you think about Chelsea-Arsenal in the Europa League? I think Chelsea are ridiculous for going to America the other day for a friendly. Did they? Um, I didn't see that. Yeah, they went and played in an anti-Semestic friendly. Yeah, Loftus-Cheek ruptured his Achilles, so he's out for six to 12 months. Oh, which is ridiculous for an end-of-season friendly game. The problem um, is that that would have been in, I'm guessing, in a diary for for months, if not years. And but, yeah, but surely you got to look at it. If it's months in advance, you just book it after the final anyway. Or, or can't you make it as part of your pre-season? Yeah, if you know you're in that tournament at any stage, surely you do it for after the pos- the latest possible stage you could get to. Of course, yeah. because when they, when they book that friendly... Yeah. On the same hand, if players had booked holidays and got to the final, the club just expect the players to cancel the holidays yeah, anyway. Yeah. So you shouldn't be booking stuff when there's a possibility of you being you having a game. So I think it was ridiculous from them. They gave them, they've they've hurt themselves because I think the power of Loftus Cheek would have hurt Arsenal's midfield. But I still fancy Chelsea to get it done. I think it'll be Hazard's last game, and he'll want to put on a performance. And if he does that, Chelsea will win the game. Have I don't you know. seen the? Um... Concerns about Mkhitaryan being able to go because of yeah, yeah, the football authorities are last, I don't know, 
six months probably of just being just doing some crazy stuff. I know this this that's post six months. I'd have been before that, but they've put um, organized a game in Baku. But Baku was it Baku? Yeah, yeah. it's just believable decision to host it there for for many reasons. One because of that. Two because of some of the some of the reports I'm saying about the, the lack of accommodation. Obviously, it's a very difficult place to get to. Um, similar to the stuff that's happening in uh, in where is it um, the Champions League final that is in Spain. There's just you just get there. Madrid, yeah, it's Madrid. You can't get there. And and you know, there's two English teams in the final now. They can't accommodate us all. It's just shambolic. Some of the stuff that, that they're doing, and you just got to wonder who runs this stuff and who, you know, how they do it because it's incredible. So I think it's a shambles. I feel, I think feel sorry for Mkhitaryan. I think he's been let down by the football authorities. It's, it's, well, it's they're poor. saying he's secure, but I think Arsenal are still worried about it. Well, listen, they're, they're saying you're secure and there's actually being secure. They're going to say that because it's PR disaster if they don't. Yeah, uh, he won't be going. He won't be going and he hasn't gone there before for the exact same reason. Yeah. So how can you play a, a somewhere where players can't go to? So yeah, because dis- Arsenal played there earlier in the season and, and he, he didn't exactly. Uh, exactly. So they're a disadvantage. Not that he's a major player for them, but at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's a squad player for them. He's, they're a disadvantage. It's poor. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually fancy Arsenal for some reason. I think, I think the front, well, front two. I think they're on fire at the minute, and I think they can get into Chelsea. I, I, I want them to win something because I think they deserve some good times, and I think yes, yeah, it's part of the rebuilding. I want to see Arsenal back in the mix. Okay, well, let's end on a little uh, awards discussion. So, what did you think of the actual uh, official awards? So, obviously, Van Dyke got player of the season. Does Sterling get young player? That's right. Yeah. yeah. What do you agree with that? Yeah, when I filled out the form myself, they were my two picks. Um, Van Dyke has basically transformed Liverpool into. A team that used to concede silly goals to a team that's very sturdy, and I think it's most mostly down to him, his leadership, his calmness. He brings an air of calmness to everybody else, um, and I think that that title challenge was largely built on the foundations of not 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 conceding goals on the break and silly goals against smaller teams, and he was a big part in that. Um, Sterling was a close second for me and probably for most other players and his time will come I've always said it before even when I was at Liverpool this kid he's a special talent who's just got better and better under tutelage of um, Pep and he fully deserves that young player and um, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about him as player of the year next season Yeah I don't think you could argue really if Van Dijk or Sterling got it but I, I, me personally I would have gave it to Bernardo Silva I think in the decisive moments of the season, he's been the one that's come up with the goods for City. I think he's been unbelievable in all different roles. We could have thrown Andy Robinson in there as well, who I think has been unbelievable and gives gives Liverpool a whole new dimension. You look at Sadio Mane, there were so many, but the one that stood out for me was Bernardo Silva. Mm. Who do you think the best manager was this year? Ooh. All leagues or just the Prem? All leagues. You know what? I I think it's between two managers and one who won the LMA manager um, award, which who was um, Sheffield United's manager Chris Wilder, and second would be for me Jurgen Klopp um, cut the gap to City ninety-seven points, Champions League final. If he wins the Champions League final, he would pip it from Wilder for me. But if not, I'll give it to uh, Chris Wilder. Okay, so not your favourite Pep this year. I bet you regret bigging him up all the time on the podcast now that he oh, screwed your uh, team over for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been right about him, haven't I? About he, he, how good he is, and I've been right to big him up. But yeah, you're right. Uh, not Pep this year, and it's listen. Obviously, he's he's close. He comes third for me. Yeah, I think. Just because I had no hopes for either of them going up, it'd be Chris Wilder or Daniel Fark. But Premier League-wise, I'd probably say Nuno Espirito-Santo at Wolves. I think he's been unbelievable and they're comfortably a top-off Premier League club now and 
I look forward to seeing what they do this summer. Do you think they'll hold on to him? Yes. Okay. Mainly because his best mate runs a club who's, um, what's his name? George Mendes, isn't it? So, listen, yeah. he, he's his agent, I think, and he brought him there and, and Mendes has got his hand in the club. So, I don't think he goes anywhere. I think next time, if he does move, Mendes will get a massive job. So, he's going to just stay there for now, I think. Who do you think was the biggest surprise or like newcomer of the season? All leagues, player-wise. Mm. I'm going to go with David Brooks at Bournemouth. Ooh. Oh, actually, no. I'm going to go with Declan Rice. Ooh. Yeah, Declan Rice. I think I didn't have... Well, I didn't really see him much, but he never really stood out to me. And now I believe he could go to any team in the country. I think he's a brilliant defensive midfielder. And he's only going to get better. And I expect him to make a, a big move either this summer or at the latest next summer. He's a player that I did see a bit of when he was in the youth teams at West Ham as a centre-half. And I always thought he was better than the the other one that they were raving about, who was, what's his name again? Reece um, Oxford. Reece Oxford. That's it, Reece Oxford. I always thought he was a better player. Um, as a centre-half, I was surprised when they, you think it was one of the first games they played him centre midfield was against us at Wickham. Um, in a pre-season friendly and I, I was surprised that he's got, gone on to do so well do you I'm, think he can go on to play centre-half in the Premier League I, I, I think he's a centre-half even now I know he's doing very yeah. well as, as a centre midfielder but at the big big club I think he'll be a centre-half personally I think in midfield he's just not the level to be like a, at a top top team that's my opinion I don't know I might be wrong but I, I think at centre-half he plays for, for anyone that's my opinion. Yeah, uh, I think Man City might go from this summer as the as Fernandinho a replacement. As a Fernand- I don't think, I don't know. I just think he's a little bit, just not there. That's my opinion. Yeah. But listen, as a centre-half, he could play for Man City now, now yeah. tomorrow. As midfield, I'm not sure. Um, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But he's a great player, don't get me wrong. And, and he, 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 he's well on his way to being a, a top, top player. What about uh, the biggest flop of the season? My, you, you didn't give me my chance to say my. Go on, my, then. Is he a newcomer? Would he class it? Um, what comes from my moment? Madison at Leicester would be brilliant season. Yeah, unbelievable season. Showed himself again. One that if I'm Liverpool, if I'm any of the top four teams, I, I I'd sign. Um, great season. Everything goes for him. He's a creative spark and. Yeah, stepped up into the Premier League like it's it's it's, it's like it's yeah been an easy transition for him. So that would be mine. The thing with him is, I believe that second to sixth, if any of them are going to sign him, they have to do it this summer because otherwise, I, I feel Man City will sign him next summer. I think he would be someone they look at as a David Silva replacement in a in a year's time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They know the biggest problem with all with all this. No, I saw someone make a statement on. Uh, on Twitter is just the price and overvaluation for for English players. It just yeah. kills it. It kills it because he he probably gets bought like this summer hundred percent if he's not going to cost Leicester are going to hold out for probably eighty million. And no, yeah. you know what I mean. It's just it just just kills these players because he's not quite an eighty million pound player, but he deserves to be at a top four team. Yeah. Biggest flop. Fred. Um, Fred for me. What new signing or anyone? Any well, well, you, yeah. You're not doing that based on new signing, are you? Or are you? I can't remember when yeah, he was Fred signed. Fred signed <laughs> uh, started the season. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll... new signing then. Okay, because I was going to go for Sanchez, but um, new signing, biggest flop. Um... Well, you got to look at home first. There's so many at live at, at United. <laughs> Well, we didn't have any new signings. That's that's the problem. We we didn't have any new signings. You can't tell me Fred's not the biggest flop. Come on. I don't. I don't think he's the biggest flop. No, I don't (laughs) think Fred's the biggest flop. Why? Uh, Um, I actually think he's not got any. He's not got how many goals and assists? He's got one goal, one assist, and he probably they they didn't sign him as an attacking midfielder. What did they sign him as? He's either a deep line midfielder or a box to box. 
But Fred, no, I, don't, I definitely wouldn't put Fred. I don't think there's been too much difference in Fred and Cater's season at Liverpool. Oh, come on. I think Cater's been Kate. very very good the last two months. I think Fred the last two months probably been Man United's best player. Well, it's not hard, but <laughs> I, I actually no, think, he, I think he's looked good. I agree, I agree with you with Cater. At times, I was, I was disappointed, but he's come good, uh, yeah, as you said, the last couple of months. But he's been mar- overall, he's been miles better than Cater. I mean, Fred, sorry. But anyway, who's your who's your biggest biggest flop? Biggest flop. Who's a signing? Um, off the top of my head, I will go with. I might go with Kovacic at Chelsea. Mm. He's so, he's someone that I really like the look of at Madrid. I thought he could take his game to to a next level, and it's just not happened. I don't think he's he hasn't scored a goal if I'm correct. I think he had one goal in 73 for Real Madrid and that's more of an attacking midfielder than Fred and yeah probably Kovacic I don't think he's been good at all for me you know what he's just been average I don't think he's been bad but he has yeah. been you know, underwhelming so I, I think it's a little bit harsh but yeah I hear, I hear what you're saying he's, he hasn't done what you think but there flops harsh flops harsh he's been average alright well there's a, a little catch up summary of everything that's happened in the who knows how many weeks since we've last recorded a podcast. We will potentially, if Beanie survives his stag do and makes it back to the UK in time to recover for his wedding, then we will do a podcast to round up what happens in the European finals, the FA Cup, the remaining playoffs, etc. If I don't come back, you can just, just uh, blame we'll home. Do a, we'll do like a, uh, a memorial podcast. <laughs> <laughs> In my own one. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're tied to a lamppost somewhere or uh, <laughs> on some like Arctic liner going out to Greenland or something. Or... <laughs> oh, dear. Right, well, uh, yeah, have have good summers. Well, have a, have a good... Let's say that we are going to do another podcast and have a good oh, yeah. few weeks. Yeah, um, you too. You too. Yeah, I mean, I'm just working though, remember? You're, you're, oh, here we go. You're very fond of me, but it's fine, you know. Don't mind me, I'll just keep working. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening to Two Pros in a Pod. We've been Kate Hamer, Marcus Bean, and Hogan Ephraim. Follow us on Twitter at Two Pros in a Pod, where you can see the absence of tweets, like you can listen to the absence of a podcast. Uh, Beanie is, I don't know, putting buckets away or something in the background. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs>